Hello, students. School has begun. The summer is over. I am in command. What was that? For that little outburst, each and every one of you will spend three hours in detention today, immediately after school, in the basement. What do you think you're doing? Twisted sister. What kind of a man desecrates a defenseless textbook? I've got a good mind to slap your fat face. You are destroying your life with it. That, that garbage. All right, Mr. Sister. I want you to tell me. No, better yet, stand up and tell the class. What do you want to do with your life? Welcome to a fucking podcast. Uh, we're, uh, <laughs> where our new is, uh, hey, I got your fucking profundities right here, huh? Uh, uh, um, it's episode 13. 13, that's a big deal. That's like, I don't know, lucky 13, you know what I mean? Listen, you ever think about the way that like teenagers on TV and in movies being portrayed by adults fucks us up like I feel like representation matters is like a catchphrase or like maybe like a hashtag or maybe just something people say but that stuff is real like I think about it in terms of like specific marginalized identities right but it's also real in the fact that like you know, if you're somebody who doesn't ride the subway all the time or something, I guess riding the subway is a bad example because New Yorkers are fucking bunch of outliers. But if you're like, if you're somebody who like watches a lot of TV, right, you see a lot of bodies that are shaped in like a very like specific and sort of outliery way, and and on some kind of like s- not subconscious in a Freudian sense, but like on some kind of like pre or non-conscious way, you internalize this idea that that's like what normal bodies are shaped like, right? And so when you leave the house and you see what like more normal bodies are shaped like, what like the average body looks like in real life, like that doesn't even make as much of an impact because you've seen so many people who are, um, you know, who are like super skinny or like super like, um, whatever the male version of that is. I mean, I feel like men are super skinny now too or super muscular, you know what I mean? Like just like these like super like outlier like 
idealized, I guess, although who's doing the idealizing, I guess, is the question. You know what I mean. This idea that, like, representation matters in terms of, like, if we don't have trans people in movies, then, like, we don't have models on which to, like, bounce off. But also, like, you know, just on that, like, more... I don't want to say pre-political. I don't know what the language I'm looking for is exactly, but something about seeing bodies that look like your body make you feel not fucked up, right? Whereas only seeing bodies that don't look like your body like will make you feel fucked up. It's pretty straightforward. Um, and I feel like there's a weird thing with that with regard to the fact that teenagers are so often played by people who are much older than teenagers on TV, right? Because, like, you go to high school and maybe this is just me speaking as someone who is in my late mid 30s or mid late 30s depending on something um but like kids who are in high school like they look super young in a way that like tv and movie kids who are in high school don't um and i feel like that fucked me up even when i was in high school like it's not actually just that i'm old although of course my being old is relevant but there's there's something about like associating authoritativeness or like um like moral weight or something with people who look older than you and then also like the people who are supposed to be like you who you're seeing represented like looking older than you also and like that disconnect of like we don't really acknowledge when we're, we critique our media that um this is just such a normal thing for people who are older than teenagers to be playing teenagers right um I feel like that probably has a significant impact on us. I feel like that fucks us up. I feel like that's one of the things in our culture that we don't talk about that much. And I think that um, that's one of the really serious things that they chose to address in I Wanna Rock, um, which is the classic film that Imogen watched for this podcast. Imogen being me. Podcast not being a word. Um, the kids in I want to rock like they look like teenagers and not only do they look like teenagers with their like you know like youth but they look like they might have actually gotten like legitimate Heshers to play the Heshers in this like they have that like early 80s hair and like all the like leather and denim but like they don't look cool they don't look like like adults in leather and denim like the main kid who gets yelled at at the beginning is like He's like pudgy, like the mean teacher makes fun of him for it, but he like actually looks like what a teenage metalhead looks like a lot more often than like these like, you know what I mean? Like the cool people who are often in music videos and movies and stuff. And I think that's a heroic decision that Twisted Sister made to really, to address that, you know what I mean? it's actually like it's kind of weird to look at how teenage the teenagers in I Wanna Rock look. Um, and while I was doing research for this this podcast, I actually um, in the like YouTube like suggested videos or whatever, they suggested the song "Burn in Hell" by Twisted Sister, which is an awesome song. Like, um, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but. When I was a kid, We're Not Gonna Take It was, like, huge on MTV, right? And I was super deep into that shit. That was my shit. And so, um, I, like, the first album that I ever bought was Stay Hungry by Twisted Sister because I was so stoked on We're Not Gonna Take It, right? There's, like, 
something super like that video like these videos they seem like they're like intended for children in this way they're like cartoons right um in the same way that like a lot of the like more ridiculous like trauma stuff also feels like it's just cartoons and like if it weren't so like sexist and racist and fucked up it would be um for children also although maybe it's just for like bad children you know what i mean but um i saw that like there's a link to that song burn in hell and if you've ever seen the movie Pee Wee's big adventure there's a scene where he's going through all the like movie studio back studio backlots and at one point he like swings through a video that Twisted Sister is shooting for their song Burn in Hell because I guess Twisted Sister like was some kind of like I was too little to understand any of this while this was going on but I guess Twisted Sister was sort of a figurehead for like scary metal like I feel like you can find video of Dee Snider, the singer from Twisted Sister like testifying at the PMRC the like vulgarity in pop music hearings that were headed by Tipper Gore. Like, this is all stuff that I vaguely understand, because it was sort of going on when I was little, but I don't really know what was going on. But anyway, um, Pee-wee just, like, swings through. They're shooting a video for Burnin' Hell. And the video that was on YouTube was not actually a real video. It said it was an official video, but somebody had just made a, like, a fan video of a bunch of scenes from Pee-wee's Big Adventure and played Burnin' Hell by Twisted Sister over it. And can I just tell you, like, Twisted Sister is pop metal, right? Like, they are, like, this is not, like, sludge or doom. Nobody is playing blast beats or, like, solos that you can't figure out on your own. Um, but Burnin' Hell is fucking tight, dude. That is a grim song. It is, like, it's kind of sludgy and ominous in this way, and then it gets, like, kind of, like, upbeat on the chorus in a way that's, like, Twisted Sister kind of rules. I should listen to more Twisted Sister. They did a Christmas album. They did a Christmas album on which Dee Snider, the singer from Twisted Sister, duets uh, with Lita Ford on um, I'll Be Home for Christmas. <laughs> and like, I used to be a lot more into Christmas music than I am. I used to be like, okay, I just want to listen to Christmas music all the time. I feel like there was one Christmas a couple years ago where I was like, oh, huh, I don't feel like listening to Christmas music at all. Like, I get why everybody hates this. But maybe the Twisted Sister Christmas album, A Twisted Christmas, is like my entryway back into Christmas music. Because when now that I'm thinking about Dee Snider duetting with Lita Ford on I'll Be Home for Christmas, I'm like, that sounds good. Like, why don't I have that on my phone? I want to listen to that right now instead of recording a podcast. Um, and I will. I mean, I won't stop recording the podcast. I'll find it and listen to it again. Um, all of which, I guess, is just context for I Want to Rock, which is, like I said, the classic film we're dealing with today. Um, it opens with, I think, probably the podcast will open with the sound at the beginning of the video. It's this, like, all the kids have to go back to school. It's, like, September, and there's this mean teacher in a bow tie and what looks like it's, like, a biology class, and he's, like fun time is over like you fucking maggots like I'm gonna make you like be in school and not have fun and the whole entire classroom looks like legitimate Twisted Sister fans like they look like actual teenagers like I said and they're like leather and denim and like shitty feathered hair and like they look so cool dude fashion from whenever the fuck this was was so good um and what happens is he asks this kid he's like what are you gonna do with your life? He's like, no, turn around and tell the class, like, what are you gonna do with your life? And he, like, looks super disinterested, like, uh, like a metalhead in a Dennis Cooper novel. He's kind of like, he doesn't, like, 
The teacher's being mean to him, but he doesn't like raise his eyelids. Like he still looks kind of like he's half asleep or like stoned maybe or something. Um, and he goes, I wanna rock. Like, um, I shouldn't have sang that dude. I, I didn't warm up. I could have, I could have done that more in key. <clears throat> you feel me, you follow what I was going for though. Um, he opens his mouth and says, I wanna rock. And it comes out, D. Snyder's voice, superimposed over his own, and then he and and the other kids in the the classroom are I mean they disappear and are replaced by Twisted Sister, and just the sheer power of their like magical uh, what's the word their like manifestation in that classroom shoots the fucking teacher into the air and puts his head through the ceiling um, where it comes out uh, like through the floor of the floor above, which is a basketball court, and so he, um, his head is like sticking out of a basketball court, and then what happens? Something happens. I feel like there aren't any explosives yet, but maybe Twisted Sister just keeps like rocking really hard, and so they like shoot his whole body through the floor. It like shoots through the air. Um, and he like sort of like comes in an arc so he his head is like upward and he shoots in an arc until his head is pointed downward he like shoots through the basketball hoop um and it looks a little bit like he's just gonna like it's gonna be like nothing but net like he's just gonna like swish through the hoop itself but i think maybe that's what they were going for but the stunts didn't work out the way they wanted it to it's hard to say anyway he like winds up getting caught on the net and he like pulls the rim of the hoop off and like lands on the ground and he gets up and he looks kind of dazed um, and behind him there's a scoreboard which says, I think, home team two, visitor zero, because he went through the rim. Although, did he go through the rim? It's a good question, right? If you, like, break the rim down, I guess his head definitely went through. So if his head is the basketball, then he scored. But if his whole body is the basketball, then he didn't score, right? He only went, like, halfway through. Although, I guess that can't happen with the basketball. Like, it wouldn't get stuck. I don't know. It's hard to say what the rules are in basketball about that, but um, meanwhile, while he's being shot through the basketball hoop, Twisted Sister is engaging in some like uh, Pied Piper of Hamlin sort of like, they're like leading a parade of the students who are in that classroom. They like, I guess, leave the classroom, they go down the hall and they walk outside of the school and they're walking like past the side of the school, right? And they go under, there's like a like, awning like one of those big like industrial like cement like high school awnings in the front and because the teacher is now on the second floor I guess he like comes out of a window on the second floor and he's on top of the awning right and all these kids are passing by him underneath on the ground floor being led by twisted sister towards the pool um, and I guess this teacher who I don't think has a name although I wonder if he wrote it on the chalkboard or something I should check I guess the teacher is like, I'm gonna murder one or more of these kids by jumping on them. So he like, or maybe he's just gonna like try to like tackle them and like bring them in and make them go back to class. It's unclear what his goal is, but he like, he jumps off the awning to try to like squish some kids and he misses and he lands in a bunch of mud. Um, he gets like mud all over his face and he's like, he like once again has been thwarted by you know, the Hesher teenagers and the members of Twisted Sister. Um, so they're able to make it to the pool where there's some kind of like, kind of like a pep rally, I think. Um, 
there's a lot more Hesher teenagers in the bleachers and they're rocking out like the song is playing and they're all like banging their heads and shaking their fists and like doing the thing where you like hold one fist out in front of you like kind of like pointed to the sky kind of like you're holding a microphone but you're just like I don't know like maybe like invoking God or power or something you know what I mean it's like a metal gesture you would recognize it if you saw it um, so they go to the pep rally and Twisted Sister is like they don't have any instruments but they seem to be performing um, getting the kids like super stoked and the song is awesome like I get super stoked when I listen to it I'm gonna bang my head too and so there's a pool they're all like like in front of the pool like there's the pool on one end and Twisted Sister is in front of the pool and then there's like a fence and then on the other side of the fence is all the bleachers full of metal heads like invoking the power of metal um, and I guess the teacher decides that he's gonna he's gonna try to murder more children so he he has a hand grenade I guess like this may have been the era where the like quote-unquote like unstable Vietnam veteran was a trope although they don't invoke it specifically but I wonder if that's like what they're implying or kind of alluding to because this teacher has a hand grenade right like where did he get a hand grenade I guess Maybe he's, it's not necessarily Vietnam, maybe he's like a veteran or, you know, it's unclear. They don't make it clear why he's got a hand grenade, but he pulls out a hand grenade and he's bad at hand grenades. Like he is, I guess, going to blow up either Twisted Sister or some children, but what happens is he pulls the pin out of the hand grenade and then throws the pin instead of the hand grenade, right? Just like such a rookie mistake. I feel like, um... As a person of Polish descent, of like mixed Polish descent, I can tell you that I feel like I heard a joke about Polish people and hand grenades that was kind of the same joke. And now, actually, now that I'm talking about it, it's real possible that teacher is also of Polish descent. It's hard to say. Um, but anyway, he throws the pin. He is unable to murder any like metal band members or children by throwing the pin. And then he realizes his mistake. He looks down. He sees that he's got a hand grenade. Um, still in his hand and he gets nervous that he is going to get blown up right so he like tries to throw the hand grenade but it's stuck to his hand for some reason um and again that reason is not made clear for whatever reason that he's unable to throw the hand grenade and so i forget whether he chooses to jump into the pool or whether he's thrown into the pool but whatever happens with the hand grenade stuck to his hand he goes into the pool um and then the hand grenade blows up and he is shot out of the pool and like I guess he's directly under a diving board when he's shot out of the pool because um, he shoots up and like clunks his head into the diving board and they kind of focus on him going like up and down as his head is stuck to that diving board um, for a while and I should also point out there is uh, the, the effects that they do when they shoot have him shoot out of the pool it seems likely that what they did was they had him jump into the pool, sort of with his arms at his side, and then they played that video backwards. So, like, he shot up. I feel like it's, like, a good, um, not lo-fi, like, low-tech, maybe. It's, like, definitely not CGI. It's, like, a, you know, um, classic 80s practical effects stuff. So he hits the diving board. The pep rally continues. We start to intersperse with a Twisted Sister show at a club or whatever where they're all, you know, playing their instruments. And they do have instruments this time. And maybe the kids are like, um, like maybe they're going from the pep rally to the show. They just like can't get enough Twisted Sister. 
So they go to the club, he explodes out of the thing. Oh, no, they don't go to the club yet. There's an important scene where they leave the pep rally and they're like walking through the school. Maybe the club is on the other side of the school and the quickest way to get there is through the hallways. But they're performing and, or not, their, their twisted sister continues to be rocking and all, there's all these kids and they're just banging their heads into the lockers in time with the song. They're literally just like banging their heads into their lockers and it's, it's so rad. It's such, uh, I mean, it's stupid. Like, that's not what headbanging is, right? Um, but it's nice to think about somebody being like either like a member of Twisted Sister or the band, or maybe they're friends with the actor who played the, the teacher. Maybe the teacher suggested it. He was like, you know what would be cool is if like we have a really like rhythmic song. What if we just have these kids like bang their heads into lockers while this song is playing? Like maybe that'll freak out Tipper Gore. I don't know. It's just, it's nice that they're banging their heads into the lockers. And then, um, so they bang their heads into the lockers for a while in unison and then they go to the club and the teacher at this point, he's gone from threats to a hand grenade and made his way to dynamite. So he's got a like, like, I don't know, like a half dozen like sticks of dynamite like wired together and for whatever reason, and this may point to that like Vietnam, that like unstable Vietnam veteran like and like let's be clear it's the problem is not unstable veterans right the problem is the lack of support we have for veterans in this country um but he's doing this like military crawl kind of thing through the hallway like it doesn't seem like he's trying to get under any wires or anything like it's possible that this is actually a video now that I'm thinking about it about a teacher who has pretty severe PTSD that gets triggered and um, you know he ends up really having some intense flashbacks right like why the fuck else would you be doing a military crawl through the lockers with a bunch of dynamite like what are you doing with dynamite um, I hope that didn't sound like I was making light of PTSD that wasn't my intention it's just that trying to make sense of this character's you know motivations it's like not that funny to think about him as a real dude and like what these experiences would do to him and could potentially trigger in him um, would explain some of his actions, right? So anyway, he comes out with a bunch of sticks of dynamite. He has the like box thing with the plunger on top of it set up somewhere else. And I guess he's making his way through the hallway to the concert venue where Twisted Sister is playing for all the teenagers. And we see a butterfly kind of flying around near the plunger on the dynamite and it's a little bit like okay we know where this is going but he makes it to the concert he gets up on stage and then the butterfly blows up the dynamite and like it's confusing because it blows up the teacher like it shoots him off the stage and he winds up doing a bunch of crowd surfing right he like gets blown up off the stage and lands on the the hands of the like adoring teenage fans of Twisted Sister, um, which I guess was a trope at this point, which was a thing. I guess people were crowd surfing. I remember when grunge music was big when I was like a like teen. There was this idea that maybe like grunge music invented crowd surfing, but here it is like ten years earlier. Um, but my question is like, what was he gonna do with that dynamite? Like, where was he gonna put the dynamite before it got blown up? You know what I mean? Because. He got it on stage. Like, was he just, did he need to put it like in the bass drum or like in 
D. Snyder's mouth or something. Like, he... I guess when I was watching it, I was thinking, like, you got close enough. Like, that should have blown up the band if your goal was to kill them so that you could be in charge of the children again. But now that I'm thinking about it, I guess, like, you know, it wasn't the kind of dynamite that blows up a whole concert venue, right? It was the kind of dynamite that just, like, shoots one person across the stage. And so maybe he did have to be really strategic with it. Maybe he was being kind of uh, responsible with it, actually. Like, maybe he didn't want to, like, kill all the teenagers. Maybe he was just trying to murder Twisted Sister, right? Um, so... You know, I guess that makes sense that that was his goal. He wasn't able to achieve it. Once again, Twisted Sister wins. And so he leaves the concert venue and goes back to the school and he, he heads to the principal's office. And he sort of like is like beaten up and kind of exploded and defeated. And he goes into the principal's office and the principal, like he walks into the office and the principal is fa facing away from him. And then the principal turns around and it's somebody who is laughing who shoots this teacher with a bunch of seltzer from like an old timey like seltzer bottle thing. And I did not recognize who the, t the principal was, right? I, um, it was clearly like a big reveal that was supposed to be funny. Like, oh man, I can't believe the principal is that guy. Um, so I did a little research. I scrolled down and looked at the comments on the YouTube video, and it turns out the principal is played by a character from Animal House, the movie Animal House, which I've never seen. Maybe I've heard a lot of references to it. Doesn't seem like the kind of thing that I would like. Um, so I don't really care about the principal, therefore being revealed to be Flounder from Animal House, but that's what happens. So Twisted Sister wins, right? It's unclear where that initial kid is at the end of the movie. Like, he was definitely replaced by Twisted Sister. Like, he, like, sort of, he turned into Twisted Sister. And I guess I wasn't looking that hard for him in the rest of the video. Like, maybe he was around, but I don't remember seeing him. And so I wonder whether he just, like, like evolved to his higher form and that form was like five dudes from Long Island in like weird like ill-fitting bondage harnesses and enormous hair and like because it's funny dude there's a point there's one point where the, the guitar player is playing a solo and he seems to be wearing some spandex over his like whole legs and like it's like a full body spandex suit but also with like a leather harness across his chest over the spandex bodysuit and the spandex bodysuit is not that tight like it's kind of loose on him and it's a little bit like I wonder I mean not to get back to masculinity I feel like masculinity is such a thing in this podcast but like it's such a question for me right what is going on with masculinity and twisted sister like <laughs> I feel like I just like it's a big question. Um, but, like, when you're in Twisted Sister, right? And I remember them talking about being like, uh, we decided that we were gonna, like, set ourselves apart from other bands by, like, dressing in a bunch of shitty women's clothes, right? But, like, they're not doing drag. They're doing sort of, like, draggy, like, Rocky Horror makeup. But they're, like, they're not wearing, like, dresses or anything. And so, like, it's confusing about like glam rock, I feel like has a lot of like 
spandex leggings and like shirtlessness, right? Like David Lee Roth, I'm sure, had been doing that shit for a while by the time that this video came out. Like I'm sure Twisted Sister had been doing this shit for a while by the time I Wanna Rock came out. Um, but like, if you're the dude in Twisted Sister who's the guitar player, like, did, did all five of those dudes go like, yeah, we should totally do a weird, like, crypto, like, straight dude drag motif for our band? I mean, maybe they did, right? Maybe that's what metal was. Maybe the cartoonishness of the, like, antics that make up the course of this video are consistent with the cartoonishness of the, like, bad slash non-drag that was there, I guess, hook. For a while, I mean, it's just interesting to think about why the fuck would you wear a spandex bodysuit that is not tight? Like, that is the point of spandex, right? Like, I mean, maybe not. I'm not fucking in charge of it. Maybe that dude is like, I look good as hell in this, like, not tight spandex bodysuit. I don't know. It's fascinating. I feel like I was too little to really understand cultural discourse around how clothes should fit at that point, and it, like, now it's too long ago that I really don't have any insight around that stuff, but it's just like, I wonder so much what was going on for those dudes. Like, I wonder if like one of them was like, dude, I've got the best idea because secretly I'm trans. But no, like probably like, I mean, I feel like that's the elephant in the room, right? Like the relationship between Twisted Sister and being trans, but I feel like none of them are trans. Like, I feel like either we would have heard about it at some point or like that like, I don't know, it's a complicated thing that like, if somebody in Twisted Sister was trans, right, and they were like having to act like a straight dude who was wearing like shitty drag, that's like the like trans girl who hasn't come out who decides to do drag on Halloween, but, or to like wear women's clothes or whatever on Halloween, um, but like knows that you can't do a good, or feels like she can't do a good job with that because if she were to do a good job with that, that would get like, too close to something painful and so like does a shitty job of it and looks bad and like feels bad about it that way instead of the other way that it might feel bad because at least this way is less vulnerable if you like look bad it's less vulnerable whereas if you do a good job and really try to like look good then you're vulnerable in a way that sucks there's actually um i've been working on a book about nirvana for a while and there's some stuff about this in the book and about nirvana there's like a halloween halloween kind of I mean, this is relevant to stuff that I've been writing. Anyway, um, yeah, man, it's just, it's so interesting. And, like, as a kid who... <sighs> never know whether to say I, like, was trans or wasn't trans as a kid because I feel like we don't have a good enough definition of trans. Like, I feel like sometimes it can mean someone who has some kind of transition and sometimes, sometimes it can mean someone who has some kind of identification. And sometimes it can mean, it can be, like, leveraged in this way to mean some, like in a, like, concrete, like, um, sort of thing. I don't know, like, the idea of being trans feels like it's, like, problematic in the, like, pre-boring meme everyone is problematic sense. Like, it is a problem what the words being trans mean, right? That said, I had gender stuff going on when I was a kid, right? Um, and... Was that one of the things that drew me to Twisted Sister? Probably, although in retrospect, like I don't feel like Twisted Sister was fulfilling any gender-related things that were important to me at the time. At least not in a direct way, but at the same time, look at all these fucking teenagers who have, you know, androgynous hair, right? Like the girls and the boys, a lot of them have like similar haircuts, right? Um, 
if you were in Twisted Sister, you did get to wear makeup, right? And so like, it doesn't feel like that. Like sometimes we look at things that are like our roots in our past or like really powerful things for us when we were younger and we're like, oh man, I have this like a powerful feeling that that feels like it's just like sticking a finger in that like painful, like thing in my heart or whatever and like wiggling it around and I don't feel like Twisted Sister does that for me. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know. Maybe it's doing something important for me. I mean, I feel like the whole reason that I got into Hesher shit was probably because, well, again, I always want to be like, I was into hair metal as a kid because like, Poison looked like girls and I wanted to be in Poison, but I feel like also there was this sense of like, this like, not related to trans stuff sense where like, like Poison was like, this like very like, what I would perceive now to be this very like middle of the road sort of like, easy rebelliousness that is like kind of mass marketed, the like, I'm 15 and I smoke Marlboro Reds kind of like, coolness in a way that was unrelated to that like androgyny or like femininity or whatever like I feel like both of those things were going on at the same time I feel like I guess I don't know how to break it down I guess all I can really say is that you know this is a classic film I mean there is something fantastic going on in the I Wanna Rock video I mean the thing about metal right is that it's about power and I don't want to get, I don't want to be like, Foucault is my dude or anything like that, because honestly, I don't feel like I know enough about Foucault to really talk about Foucault, but I know that one of his preoccupations was power, um, and who has power, and who uses power, and who can use power, and who can get power. And I think of it in terms of like agency too. Agency is like super related to power, right? Like agency is the ability to affect change in one's own life, right? And I feel like there's something about this kind of metal that feels like power. Like, I feel like one of the reasons that uh, Twisted Sister and, like, the whole, like, Hesher metal kind of thing is so appealing to a certain set of angry and disempowered feeling, like, privileged white kids is that it feels like a way to feel powerful. Um, actually, God... This touches on another thing that I've been writing about somebody who's a metalhead that, like, maybe one day I'll publish. I feel like, uh, in case it ever happens, you heard it here first, the working title is Faster Than a Laser Bullet, which is a line from a Judas Priest song, but I don't want to tell you any more about that right now. Um, but... What did that have to do? Oh, I just... So, like, thinking about film in terms of, like not having to be like super realist right like I feel like realism is kind of bullshit and when we think that we're like portraying reality in the realest way possible we're like not only lying to ourselves about the idea that that's possible but also like really missing out on ways of portraying things that could be more powerful than um that like kind of realism right and also like that realism whatever you feel me about that um I feel like there's something really interesting about doing such silly cartoonish shit, right, with such metal, or such music, with music that, like, to our ears today, like, they don't even tune down below E, dude, like, this, they're playing, like, you know what I mean, like, the production is such that it, it just, like, feels like 
new, like I feel like we have worked, we, there's like compression and there's tuning down and there's all these tools we have now to make things sound like heavier and more powerful and all these things and like that is just not there in this music in a way that like I feel charmed by. I feel charmed by the fact that this video is silly. I feel charmed by the fact that like even though it's kind of bonkers and not, not tough sounding now you still kind of can't help but bang your head into a locker while you listen to it. Like it's fucking tight and so I mean, maybe it's about translation from one time period to another. I don't know, man. I want to rock. It's fucking great. I highly recommend it. It's on YouTube. You can find it. You can watch it yourself. Get stoked. Um, I think that's all I got. I want to rock. See ya. Truck nuts and dick holes. That's it. Imogen Benny on Twitter. This song is by People Watching. That other song was by Gorgon. Fuck capitalism and fuck your internalized colonizer mindset. See ya.